Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in a, a midweek edition here of Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Glad you're with us. A busy program coming up in the next couple of hours. A lot of local conversation today. Show's always better when you can localize it, uh, and we will do so a whole bunch uh, in the next couple of hours. Uh, A lot of Iowa State, Texas Tech. We'll take a look at Penn State and Iowa. Cappy's going to be here. After all, it is a Wednesday. Here's the guest list. Chris Level, who is from Red Raider Sports. He is essentially Eric Heft. Uh, during men's basketball season. He's the color analyst uh, for Texas Tech during football season. He's Ben Bruns. You following me, Trent? Yes. He does a lot on the radio side of things. And he's got his own radio program, uh, Afternoon Drive in Lubbock. Uh, But Chris Level, the uh, analyst for men's basketball, will join us. Got a lot of ground to cover with Chris. Not only tonight's game, you know, Cliff Kingsbury runs his heart, doesn't run out the door, but is, is uh, shown the door, <laughs> lands in the NFL. We'll do that a little bit uh, with him as well. And I want to get his take on Kyler Murray, what he expects to see. Uh, will he play baseball? Will he play follow his heart, which is essentially what has led him uh, to making the decision that he has. And that's, uh, that's the game of football. Uh, means a lot to him, and he wants to pursue it. We'll see Chris Level coming up at 1020. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. We'll do football and uh, basketball with Doc, the Hawks. They get things going first tonight. They're a 6 o'clock tip, the Big Ten Network. If you can't hear the game, if you can't watch the game, you can hear the game. Uh, Down the dial on 1040 WHO, 6 o'clock tip. Uh, Penn State and Iowa. Cappy's going to be here. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. We had to tape him earlier. Did you see they, uh, Cap had Jim Bowden on the show today? Oh, no. Yeah. And, of course, we've already taped it, so we can't ask him about what came of the conversation. We can regurgitate what happened on Twitter. Cappy, while he was talking to him, mentioned that, uh, according to uh, Bowden, the Cubs never even kicked the tires on Bryce Harper. Nor should they. It never made a lick of sense. Too much money, Trent. they got yes. too many guys coming up, including one who mans the hot corner. Yes. Right? He's the next one, and he's going to be, uh, I don't know, $300, million guy? I mean, Scott Boris is his agent. So he's, he's not giving him a discount. There's no discounts involved here. Where does Harper end up? Is it Philly? Yes, I think that's... You believe that's the case? Well, that seems to be the buzz right now that they had a... Uh, the, the Phillies actually traveled to Las Vegas, where he's born, raised, mm-hmm. and still lives. And uh, they brought a contingent out there and had a very productive meetings. I want to say either yesterday or Monday, but apparently that uh, elevated them to the leaders in the clubhouse and... What does that do for Machado? I don't think they can sign both. I think the Phillies will spend the rest of their money. And boy, what a great spot to be in, right? I mean, every now and then you see one of these teams that's just flush with cash and bound and determined to spend it. Yes. Right? And right. then they've got that opportunity to do so. They're, so they're bringing in one of the biggest names in the game. And then I think they'll address starting pitching, which is pretty good in its own right, and maybe some bullpen. So uh, the Phillies uh, making some moves. But we won't be able to talk about Bryce Howard with Cap. We had to tape him earlier. We'll do a whole lot of things with Cap. Look forward to that. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible. Um, great company. If there's a home project uh, in your uh, future, next couple of months, whether it be interior, exterior, see what Centurion Stone of Iowa can do for you. So what's left for the Cubs? What else would you like to see them do? Because I'm going to guess Kendall Graveman 
and Daniel Descal- no, they don't move the needle. Yeah, that's not it. No, I don't think so. When you see what the Brewers are doing, when you see what mm-hmm. the Cardinals are doing, and when you see look, they, they even the Reds, even the Reds, yes, Puig, your yes. friend, this is Cincinnati Red, and he's going to teach his teammates, according to Twitter, how to bat flip. Is yeah, that, that tweet he last night. Is He's that so right? awesome. Uh, look, the division's going to be terrific. It really is. It's been that way the last couple of years. Um, Milwaukee, the best team in baseball after it was all said and done. It took 163 to determine who the best team was in the National League record-wise. Um, record-wise. Mm-hmm. And uh, Milwaukee beat them, as we know, on that Monday. But the Cubs won a whole pile of games. So we'll talk to the cap man coming up. We'll do Bears. We'll do we don't want to do Bulls. Yeah. What? A question I have uh, on my list, and we talked about with Cappy, and we'll hear that eleven twenty. What is basketball in Illinois? The Illini are terrible. Asking that question, well, you know, let's, let's, not, let's not spoil you know, the interview. No, we won't. But I mean, it's winter time. I understand the Bears; they drive things, mm-hmm. and the Cubs drive mm-hmm. things. But you want to talk hoops? Mm-hmm. Cappy wants to talk. He was a college basketball coach. Yes, he was. He wants to talk basketball, right? I don't, really, I don't think be he wants to, to do. do it on his show. What would move the needle? If we were working in Chicago, what would move the needle? Basically, play the hits, right? It's kind of yeah. like us. We can do Iowa and Iowa State every day. And we will today. And we will. Um, and we will in June, July, yes. August. Uh, but Probably the same thing. Still ripping Cody Parkey. And- yeah, do some Bears, do some Cubs, mix in a little White Sox take every now and then. If you can find something on the Bulls. The Blackhawks, when they're good, although that's a hockey town. It I mean, is. This was an original six market. Mm-hmm. Always will be a, um, a a city that loves their hockey, and they've produced some really good players over the years. But, yeah, Cappy. And then Eric Heft is going to join us, and we have him scheduled for 1145, but that's going to depend on the bus driver. Because oh, really? uh, Heft will and the team will be on the bus making their way to the shoot-around. Mm. He said that they're scheduled to get there at about 1135, 1140. So we gave him a, little, a few minutes to get settled in, to get a good spot, maybe a little quiet. I hope we hear the sounds of balls bouncing in the background, right? Like that, yeah. Yeah, that little ambiance, if you will, a little audio uh, uh, candy. Uh, just uh, just makes for a good segment. So Eric Heff's going to be here a lot on this game tonight. And, and look, we've waited all week for these teams to be in action. We've got all four of them in action tonight. Drake and Bradley, this is a big spot for Drake because mm-hmm. you take a look where they are in the Valley. And again, it's really early and everybody's jumbled up with the exception of Loyola. It's kind of like the Big 12 with Texas Tech and then Kansas and then a whole bunch of guys, our teams rather, that are bun- bunched together. Um, Drake is right now, in the, right now down near the bottom and Bradley's below him. So beat Bradley. And you and I is at home tonight, did you say, in your update? They are. They got Indiana State at home. Again, one and, of those middle-of-the-pack yeah, teams. Separation. Right, right right where the Panthers are, middle-of-the-pack. Yes. And, and for, I think, both Drake and you and I this season, realistic goal, finish in the top six. Mm-hmm. Don't have to play in the old Drake Invitational mm-hmm. in the 7-10 or 8-9 game. That's a realistic goal for both of these teams. Is it realistic without Norton? I think so. Is it? the MVC is down. Yeah. It's down in a big way. I, th- I think, uh, you know, normally they are anywhere from 8th to 10th in the conference rankings, power rankings, you know, in, in Ken Palm or whatever mm-hmm. metric you like to use. They're 13th this year. Trent, I'll be honest with you. Um, well, I'm always honest with you. I don't know why people say that. <laughs> I don't know why I just said it. Uh, but on Sunday, I mean, I, I get it. I don't have to remind you that on Sunday, uh, at the point we were at, we only had five games, five football games left, two of which were about to get crossed off the list on Sunday. Mm-hmm. The early game was so bad. I mean, it was so bad. I turned over to you and I and Drake. Yeah. Um, Kevin Lehman had, had the color on the game. 
For the first 20 minutes, now I didn't see the second half at all because the um, the, the Eagles and the Saints were on my television. And a 14 nothing lead probably was more of a wow. Trent, it was hard to watch. Yeah. It was it was not good. They went over I mean, five schools. minutes at the end of the game. Neither team scored from like 5.33 left until two free throws with... At the, less- you're talking about the final in the second half? Yes. It was that way in the first half, too. I mean, for Drake it was. Oof. It was... It was it was hard to watch. Speaking of Drake and DeVries, I got to see uh, his son Tucker oh, play last you night had at Waukee. Game last night, didn't you? So tell me about that. Uh, he's is a, Waukee is Waukee really good? I mean, they're the they best are. team in the CIML, right? I would yes, they they are really talented. They're top two players, two seniors that have been playing a lot since sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Dylan Jones, their big guy, six eight kid, really athletic, had a two handed slam in traffic. He's been so much fun to watch over the last three years. And their point guard Noah Hart. Noah Hart, though, went down with a knee injury in the second quarter of that mm. one. Didn't look good. Mm-hmm. Clutching at the knee right away. Helped off. He was. Uh, Could he put any weight on no. his leg? No. And really. he yeah. came back to the bench at the end. He was just standing, though, on crutches. Uh oh. Speculation, knee injury. I think everybody kind of knows where that one is. Mm-hmm. Without him running the point, though, it goes from a team that can win a state championship. I don't know if that's a case of Noah Hart isn't wow. available. So if that does turn out to be a season ender, certainly a big blow for Waukee. What but DeVries, point, what point in the yeah, we'll get to DeVries in a minute. Yeah. What point in the game did he hurt himself? Early second quarter. Was it? Yeah. Okay. And they still were able to run away from Dowling. They played really well, still even without him. But going forward, when you look in big picture, that would be a big, big blow. And and any news certainly will pass that along. Hear anything more about Noah Hart. Uh Tucker DeVries, though, six five kid. Yeah. Can really shoot it. Uh, and what year is he? He's a sophomore. Okay. Bigger than dad. He's yeah. I mean he's tall and he's got a lot of ability. Now he's probably going to become he came off the bench him and another sophomore that they had where they're two bench guys in the seven man rotation. Maybe that now gets to a six man rotation mm-hmm. going forward, but he's a really really nice player and you can see if a kid that obviously just started this year at Waukee, learning his teammates a lot of things. He can see he comes from a basketball family. So excited to watch the development of Tucker DeVries down the line. And uh, he's going to be a big part of Waukee now going forward. Yeah, well, that's a blow to Waukee and the Warriors and their chance. Because I think a lot of people thought that if there, were, if there was a team that was going to win it from um, you know our part of the state, that they certainly had the best chance. So we'll see. I watched what I think last night. And I, and I did find a thank you to... Um, Oh, I wish I would have remembered his name on Twitter. Who alerted us. Chad. Chad uh, LaPointe? LaBert. LaBert. Chad LaBert. Thank you. Um, who alerted us, because Trent and I looked for this game yesterday, and we were convinced that there was going to be a, an ACC tilt with two big ten, or two top ten teams, and we weren't going to be able to watch it on television. We both looked. I'd looked uh, before I came to work. I was convinced that the game wasn't on. Trent did so uh, during the show. But way up on the dial, I don't think I've ever watched anything on Channel 788 last night. Is, until last night. Isn't that where the old, I mean, going back 15 years, ESPN, ESPN full court? pay stuff was up yes, there. Yes, The NHL center ice package. You use that one a lot. I do. And I'm guessing very few people are, are up in the 780s like I am with that one. Maybe 784 is the last channel that you'll find hockey on. All right. By the way, I found the Jets in the... Uh, uh, the Golden Knights last night. There's a shock, right? Jets won. They did. Yeah. Anyway, still in first place. They are in the central. But uh, watching 788 last night, it's a it was a Raycom production. I think Brinson. You know what? Let's talk to him tomorrow. I'm going to write this down right now. All right. I'm going to get Jimmy B on the show tomorrow. But well, if, if his schedule allows it. Well, he might be on the golf course. He might be. He lives in Arizona. Yes. You know, we should tell that story. Oh yes. I mean, I'm do it right now. 
Sure. I mean, you did the show with Jimmy B. Yes. Right. I, for how long? How long? Three years. For three years. And how much of that three years? Because I think Central Iowa, the, the audience that tuned in to listen to you and Jimmy B, believes that you and Brinson were in the same room that entire time. And thank God it didn't happen because I probably would have knocked his block off. It's, it's tough to work with the dude. It really is. Yes. Um, a great guy. Yes. Awesome guy. Love Brinson. Still do. Work relationship could be yeah. difficult at times. Yeah, You've got to try a little. Just instead yes. of taking the contrarian view. Yes. Right? Um, I mean, honestly, if, I, if, if the conversation was sunsets in the West, no, it's not. <laughs> he'd come up with something and he'd try to sell it. And he yes. Was, he was decent at that. But... How long was Brinson gone? Well, there was the initial time that he went away, which was... He went away on me, too, by the way. Oh, it was about a year into it. I, I got Just I, all of a sudden he was gone? Yep. That's he was, how he does it. He was gone, and he was gone for two months, uh-huh. basically. He was away for a couple of months. He was... In Arizona, though, we think, right? Well, he was in Arizona for a while. He was in Boise for a time. I, I saw what? Doing a radio gig out there, doing some... Some basketball up there, small college basketball. Because I saw on his Twitter feed, he, he was tagged in something. I'm like, oh, that's so that's where how is. you figured out where he was. Just, I'm just on the road, you know, just working away. Yeah, oh, I'm sure Brinson, yeah. Right, right. Our real hard worker, Jimmy B. is. But for the last 15, 16 months of our program, he was in Arizona. He lives to him and his girlfriend Kim yeah. moved to Arizona. She's a, I think she's an Iowa State grad. I'm pretty yes, sure yeah. she is. Um, they just up and move. That's the way Brinson does things. You know, honest to God, when he's called Cole Netton's going to kick a game-winning field goal, mm-hmm. right? That was on a Friday, about mm, five minutes to six. Yeah. He was just gone. And you guys, I heard this story. You guys were out at G-Migs? Well, we were there on Mondays. I, I, the story that I heard was that you guys were there for that broadcast. Yeah. And... You were talking about his last day. He hadn't told his lady friend. No, he was... didn't tell me, I don't think, Trent. I, <laughs> honest to God, I don't... Did he? I, I... It came up, apparently, and she was there in tears. Because yes, he hadn't yes, told you're her right. he was, that he was moving yeah, the next you know day what? to Arkansas. Thank you. You're 100% right. He did. He, but he didn't have a date at the time that he okay. was moving. That's, That's what, what it was. Yes, because he mentioned something on the air that he's thinking about moving but he didn't tell anybody here uh-huh and, and yes that was um, but it was a couple of there was a couple of week gap before he was just poof but he's mentioned something that he was leaving and she was she was every monday she'd come and have dinner and you know to watch jimmy b be jimmy b sure and um he mentioned something to the fact and yes i remember her leaving in tears now that you mentioned that Ah, Jimmy B. And then he sat there, and he never said another word to it. He called Cole Netton's game-winning field goal, never came back to work on Monday, and had taken a job in Arkansas. And he was off. And he was gone. So he was with you on the air here, Mm -hmm. and everybody in Central Iowa that listened to you has just assumed that you guys were in the same room together. Yeah. And he was doing it in Arizona. Meanwhile, late in the game... He had taken a job. He's he's doing. A, um, is he the update guy on a big show? Yes, in Phoenix. In Phoenix, right yes, now. Yes, that's in what fact, he's doing. I I, I googled him one day, and his picture came up as this three man radio team, and I mean I'm not sure you knew. Maybe you did. I did. Yes, it, it started. He was filling in from time to time, and yeah. then it it grew from there. 
he fooled him again. It's unbelievable. He just leaves. He's a yeah. he's a mysterious dude. Anyway, he is. Uh, well, well, let's get him if if uh, his schedule because he never got a chance to say goodbye to right. Des Moines. And he's a good dude. I mean, he's he awful is. to work with. <laughs> but a good guy. But a good guy. He'll buy you a drink. He, no, he won't. Well, he'll, he didn't buy me anything. He'll put it on the tab with somebody he'll else. Say he'll go. Yeah, he'll say, "Come on, I'll buy you a couple of drinks." But you always end up buying. It's funny how that works. And he's America's guest. He always has been. Um, yeah, let's do that tomorrow. All right, I do want to spend a couple of minutes on this Chris Level coming up. So where I started to what I started to say was a Raycom production on seven eighty eight last night. Tim Brando, Dan Bonner. Uh, I don't, you don't see a lot of Dan Bonner during the regular season, but he always shows up during the tournament mm-hmm. doing games. I'm thinking, you know, where does this guy during the regular season? Well, I guess he's on Channel 788. <laughs> he must do exclusive ACC games. Trent, this Virginia team that I watched last night, you can tell that they walked off the floor at the end of, um, well, an abbreviated run tournament last UNBC. year. UNBC. Right. As the only, as the first and only one seed to lose to a 16 with their tail between their leg. And that ate at them all off season. This is a really good basketball team, Trent. And they've got a whole ton of pieces. Not only do they play defense, they've got some guys chipping in offensively. This is going to be a major pain in the you-know-what this year. These guys are legit. You can give me Dukes. You can give me whoever you want. Michigan, Michigan State. And they're going to be good as well. But mm-hmm. any conversation that, uh, you know, who's the best team in college basketball now, I think, right, the very first, te- the very first team that people should be spitting out of their mouths is Virginia. So a year, legit. A year ago, November, I gave you Villanova before the season at 25-1 to to win it all. Mm-hmm. This season, I gave you two, Gonzaga 12-1 to and Virginia at 15-1. to I hope people listen to me. Though I'm not very good day-to-day in my wagering, future wagers have you, been pretty good throughout the years. You scored big time last year. Did you not have a big Masters Hit the Masters. Ticket? Yep. 45-1 yeah, to one with mm-hmm. Patrick Reed. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave out some top fives in the U.S. Open. So future wagers have been pretty good. Those big ones. Day-to-day, though, is a struggle. Maybe I should just stay away from the day-to-day. No, you can't do that. You know better than that. Who are you trying to fool? I have a sickness. Um, Virginia was really good. I did try to watch some of the Big Ten tilt early. You know, as, as good as Virginia is. West Virginia, woof. Yeah? They are awful. This is a bad, bad Bob Huggins team. Really is. TCU, who's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Tournament team? Yeah, probably. Middle of the pack in the Big 12. They'll be in the 8-9 game or a 7-10 game, something like that. That's probably accurate at this point. I would say that, um, yeah, that's probably where they will end up. But, uh, boy, West Virginia, they have no hope. They have no prayer. This is a team that's going to be playing very early, opening night in Kansas City, and will be, um, you know, I, I'm guessing they're only going to reserve the rooms for one night because they have no chance. <laughs> I saw a quote after the game from Huggins, and he was talking about leadership, you know, and, and you lose Carter. the kind of leaders that you have. Yeah. Who ran that team mm-hmm. basically three straight years. Kanate mm-hmm. not going to play. I mean, yeah. Oof. They're not very good. Uh, Texas Tech is. Chris Level is coming up. In fact, we're going to take a break. We'll get Chris Level out of this break. Uh, he is the color analyst for men's basketball. He's the sideline analyst for football. He has a local radio show, RedRiverSports.com. Covers Texas Tech. Soup to nuts. We'll do that with Chris Level. Uh, Scott Dockerman on the Hawks in Penn State. In 20 minutes from now, as Miller and Condon continue on, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 
All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. A busy night in the building here tonight down the dial, WHO as Penn State and Iowa. Uh, if you turn to the right when you walk out of the studio, or I guess walk straight when you walk out of the studio, you'll run into the bus that carries Iowa State. And they, Texas Tech, that's a 6 o'clock tip. And uh, uh, Trent informed me during the break that Chris Level, who's about to join us here, color analyst for men's basketball, was talking off air. The game is sold out in Lubbock. Chris Level joins us. Chris, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. A little buzz for this game tonight, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, just uh, I think uh, they've kind of got it rolling here a little bit, and I think fans are very interested uh, in what's going on. And, uh, you know, just it, it'll be a matter of the, the students fill it up or not. There's no, there are no tickets to buy. Um, so today, or I think today's the first day of classes back on, on campus, and you know, it's just uh, it's fun times in Lubbock right now. They're just trying to see how, how far they can take this thing. Well, no doubt about it. So let me ask you this, Chris. Did um, did you start to get an inkling about this team? Um, I mean, was it their first loss of the year that proved, you know what, yeah, Duke beat us, but uh, we played, we held Duke to, at the time, I think it was a season low. There had been some nice wins prior to, but was that kind of the, uh, did that drive home the point that, you know, Beard's got a team here? You know that that one did. Uh, that that was an unbelievable environment in, in Madison Square Garden. I think even Mike Shashevsky said something to, to Coach Beard after the game about just the environment because Texas Tech had about three or four thousand fans there, and it was sold out. For the Garden to be sold out is, is saying a lot. Duke mm-hmm. plays there every year, and don't, don't they don't sell those games out uh, in a lot of cases. But I, I think where I got the real indication that uh, that they were going to. Be, be a force at some level. Didn't realize like top ten type deals just yet at the time. But when they went to Kansas City and, and beat Nebraska and beat mm. USC handily in those back to back games the week before Thanksgiving, that that's when I think I, I just was okay. Well, th- this thing is going to get put together fairly quickly because I don't know how he does it at some level. But Beard has a way of getting new pieces acclimated very very quickly and. You know, you hear a lot of coaches say, hey, we're going to need some time. They need time to gel. Well, that, that's it. For whatever reason, Beard is able to, to get that done in most of the seasons and most of the teams that he's coached. And you look at that Little Rock team, which is kind of what set him up to get this job and get the UNLV job, that was 10 or 11 new pieces. And they went, you know, they went on 30-plus games that year. He just able to get them to buy in. And, and so many new pieces this year, but they just guard so much. And that that's the part that – you have the kids these days, you know, not to sound old, but <laughs> they, they don't they don't naturally want to play defense. Mm-hmm. You just don't see much of that, and it sticks out in a good way in college basketball these days because you, you just have a hard time to get kids buying into the culture. But that's what that's what these guys do, and if you don't do that, you're just not going to get any minutes on the floor. Chris, from the outside looking in, losing Keaton Evans and Zaire Smith from a year ago. It felt like this team was going to have a pretty big drop-off. What were the expectations coming into the season, and where are the expectations now? Is it, let's win this regular season title and finally get rid of Kansas? <laughs> I, I would have, you know, and, and this was more of a, it had nothing to do with this year's team. It was just more of, Keenan was just special. He, he was one of the, prior to him getting hurt, I, mean, I think he was in, in line to basically, I think he's the one conference player of the year, and ended up hurting that toe, and it just you kind of limped to the finish line there. But it wasn't just Keenan and Zaire. It was Zach Smith. It was Justin Gray. It was Zion Stevenson. It was Tommy. I mean, they, they just had so much, so much depth, so many different ways to hurt you, and they still guarded and just could match up with with any anybody that would come at them. You want to go big. You want to go small. You want to play up-tempo. You want to slow it down. 
that they, he just had a team that could really match up against anybody when healthy. Um, and, and it was just – so coming into the year, I understood why they were picked, I think, seventh in the preseason poll. I understood why there weren't as many expectations. I think Beard kind of uh, embraced it and, and, and took it as, as a challenge, and you used that, obviously. And there's some new pieces, and you just don't know how these grad transfers or these two freshmen, how they're going to respond. You just don't know until you get into it. I, I would have told you, though, getting to the tournament would, would have been the expectation. I don't think that, that contending for the conference championship was necessarily realistic, but guess what? Here we are. Yeah. And I think now now you would say worst-case scenario would finish be finishing in about second or third in the league, and that's worst-case scenario. But they can absolutely, if they'll catch a break staying healthy, they can absolutely win this league title. Nah, easier said than done. Hmm. There's been many of folks that have been there ready to challenge Kansas and can't quite sustain it, and that's where Texas Tech has got to try to you know hold serve at home in games like tonight which will not be easy no and here's the iowa state story as you well know chris you know they they beat uh, kansas a couple of we a couple of weeks ago at hilton and Kansas was never in the basketball game. There was no point in the 40 minutes that I thought, you know what, Jayhawks are going to come back and do what they always do. And then oh, Iowa I State goes on yeah. the road. They get picked off by Baylor. K-State beats them in the last second this past Saturday. Uh, all of a sudden, that big win against Kansas, now they find themselves staring down the barrel of a three-game losing streak. You heard uh, the, the comments from Nick wilder Babby says it's a must-win game. This one's uh, going to put some hair on your chest tonight. Yeah, you know, and, and sometimes it's not about uh, where you play people, it's about when you play them, and this is probably a bad time to be playing Iowa State. But based on what, because you, you know the two losses last week, uh, is, is we all know by a combined four points. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I watched that uh, game versus Kansas, and you're right, they tapped them out. I mean, they it, it was almost as, as the Iowa State fan base, which is rapid as any in the league, didn't even know how to act. Right. This game is usually later in the season, and it's on a big Monday or yep. something. It's it's, it's it's very prominently featured. And it just—it was kind of buried in early January, and it wasn't even, you know, I don't even know if people nationally took too much attention to it, but it was just kind of—it just hammered them. And uh, uh, you know, I, but I don't expect that same, you know, Iowa State team that, that lost a couple to, to come in here tonight. I mean, I, you, you just hear Steve Prohm say we have to have an unbelievable sense of urgency, and you, you see Nick Weilerbab talking about. We have to embrace this. This is a must-win, and that's, that's, those are scary, uh, scary times when you're when you're playing teams that are desperate because you just can't fall too back, too far far back in this conference race. It's just so hard to to, to gain ground. So. I think Texas Tech will get Iowa State's best shot tonight, no doubt. I, I think everybody knows Jared Culver and, and what a good player he was a year ago, and he's taken a big step forward this year. I want to get your thoughts on Matt Mooney. He was a kid that played here close to uh, the state of Iowa and South Dakota. He was a guy that I know both Iowa and Iowa State fans were interested in looking at that transfer market. How Mooney ended up down at Texas Tech and, and what he has added the stability there the guard court this season. Yeah, yeah, guys. They, they, you know, I think Beard and then some of his staff they they had identified that you know uh, last spring when it kind of became apparent he was going to maybe take a look and, and they, they, you know, Chris knew how much he was going to lose and you, and you you just his mantra always around here is you have to be old, you know, if you're going to win the Big Twelve, you just have to have experience mm-hmm. in older guys and, and and all that and and I think that Chris has looked at what Coach Hoiberg and Coach uh, Prom have, have done via the transfer whether it's sit-outs or grad transfers, and just says, okay, we're Texas Tech. We're going to have to dabble in some of this, you know, always. And and I think you could expect to see them do this next spring. But Matt was a guy that, he, you know, he had lots of options. 
Um, I, I think it ultimately came down to Northwestern and Texas Tech, and I think he just wanted to play. I think the crowd here and the fan base here and what they were able to do next year and, and uh, obviously playing time being available was something that intrigued him. And Beard just sold him on, we can develop you. We, we can take you even though it's a year, and we can turn you into a better player. And we're starting to see that. Mm-hmm. And he goes for 22 in Austin. And, uh, you know, the, the, the storyline with uh, the, the Red Raiders in Austin, they hadn't won down there since 1996. And after the game, I'm talking to Beard. I'm like, okay, coach, you, you broke the streak. And, he, and Matt Mooney's standing right there. Too and he says that hey well this guy right here he's one knowing off <laughs> he doesn't know any different right. you know and so but but just that age that experience he, he he's uh, Matt's one of those guys it's like that that duck on the pond of water that there's no ripples it's it's calm as can be mm-hmm. but he's just paddling like crazy underneath the surface but he never looks rattled and and I think he's brought a, a level of uh, of experience and just being able to handle the ball and hit big shots uh, that, that that this team is certainly needed because. As you mentioned, guys, Jarrett Culver's seen a lot of attention, and rightfully so, from these other uh, coaches and, and players in the Big 12. Chris Level is our guest. Chris, a couple of things football-related. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury didn't work out. Everybody wanted it to. I mean, uh, uh, his ties there, and it's, uh, sadly, it, it, it just came to an end. And, and I think he, as well as, as maybe as better than anybody, knew it was time to, time to go, and it was, you know, the writing was on the wall. But maybe what, what the writing that wasn't on the wall was he was going to end up as an NFL head coach after a flirtation in the, in the Pac-12 where he was for, you know, a, a week or so. All of a sudden, the Cardinals come a-calling, Head coach Cliff Kingsbury, Arizona Cardinals. How big of a surprise! <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? Uh, how life works. Uh, he, you know, Cliff had had uh, you know NFL opportunities in the last couple of three years here. I think some some coordinator opportunities and stuff. And he'd always kind of shied away and wanted to get this thing fixed. And, and I think he really liked this job. Uh, I, you know, again, surprising that you get let go here and, and then the Cardinals take a chance on him. Because, you know, they, they had to take a bit of a hit from a PR standpoint mm-hmm. in, in making a move like that. But the, the, to me, you're basically hiring him to fix Josh Rosen, yeah. you know, and, and to find out what you have in Josh Rosen. And and if they can, if, if Cliff can get that part figured out, that then Arizona will, will have kind of fixed a lot, what, what, which is what's wrong with their franchise. Because if you can fix the quarterback and the quarterback plays well, I mean, look who's left in the playoffs this year. I mean, everybody's yeah. got the uh, the nice signal caller that had a really good year and, and all those things. And so it, it, they just basically – because that, that's the one thing that nobody can really you, – you can talk about Cliff as a head coach and that the defense was this or that, but, but quarterback play here has always been really, really good when he's had a healthy one. And he's been able to identify and develop and, and mentor and coach him up, and that's what he'll be tasked to do with – with Rosen, but you're right. It is the optics of it are just are just nuts. Matt, well, tech fans, well, tech fans weren't sure how to act. Do we be excited for the guy? <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Should, should we have not let the guy go? I mean, they were just kind of like, okay, we're not sure what to feel here. Chris, tell us about Matt Wells coming in from Utah State. Has uh, some coaching experience down in the Southwest in New Mexico, uh, Tulsa too. Uh, before that, tell us a little bit about the guy and coming from Utah State. A different kind of fit, I think. Recruiting certainly something people wonder about. Yeah, you know, and, and I think he's uh, he's very different from Cliff from the standpoint of he's going to be very out in the community, and, and he, you know, and, and, and people around here don't know him as well, so he needs to be able to do that. Whereas everybody sure. here knew, knew knew what Coach uh, Kingsbury was about. Uh, a very family oriented guy. I think it says a lot about him that he pretty much brought his entire staff with him from from Utah State. Both coordinators, most position coaches. Uh, they ended up hiring the the OU secondary coach the other day, but he finally put his staff together. And, and you know that was the concern by Tech fans: is can he recruit the state? 
And then you, you end up talking to a lot of high school coaches in the state and, and realize he, he's done this and coached this, I mean, recruited this state for, for many, many years. Many people know him, know what he's all about. Again, just, I think, good guy. And I think that uh, there'll be some expectations here, and he has a big recruiting battle out of the gate in that he's able to keep Alan Bowman here. And, and Alan Bowman, when healthy, is going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the mm-hmm. Big 12, and he's going to give them a chance. Uh, for the next three years, as long as he stays here and, and remains healthy, will Bowman. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested to see kind of what what it looks like. They're going to use a lot more tight ends here under David Yost uh, than we have used to seeing here in the past. But I think that Tech fans are starting to kind of come around. They were kind of wondering who Matt was and and all that. He's been been great. He's been at every event uh, out and about uh, in the community, and I think that's. Uh, something that tech fans have appreciated so i think that people are excited to get spring ball going hmm. how much kansas city chiefs gear is seen around lubbock with pat mahomes a lot i bet a lot there's a lot of uh new uh new chiefs fans in west texas certainly i even saw a chiefs uh, uh lady that was in austin on saturday that was a tech fan she had a mahomes <laughs> jersey on as well it's just it's just fascinating and and this kid deserves all of yep. this I mean, he's this is just who he is i mean i just the people are starting to see He's just a good kid. He, it's very unorthodox what you see, but it's must-see TV when he's playing quarterback because you see left-handed throws, no-look throws, sidearm throws, normal throws. I mean, throws running a dead sprint that he, he can hit somebody on the dart 60 yards down the field. I mean, he's just not supposed to be able to do that. But he has a cannon and uh, and, and is able to, and, and the IQ to go with it, and it's fun to, to watch him play. Mm. Well, Big 12 play wraps up. Final game of the regular season, Texas Tech and Iowa State uh, as the uh, Red Raiders pay return visit to Ames. Uh, Chris, great to talk to you as always. Thank you for what you do for us. Thank you so much for having me on, fellas. Have a good week. Yeah, you do the same. Chris Level, uh, color analyst, men's basketball, uh, sideline analyst, men's football, men's football, football for Texas Tech, and uh, uh, good guy, very knowledgeable guy. Take a time out. You want to do that? You know what I want to do first of all, Trent? I want to let everybody know that it's time to pay your bills with 1460 KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword BALL to 200-200 right now. Message and data rates apply. 200-200 right now. Keyword is BALL for your chance to win $1,000. Brought to you by KXNO and EKG Golf. We will take a time out. We come back. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. See, The uh, Athletic has just posted their mock draft. Ooh. TJ Hawkinson, 19 overall. Noah Fant, 24. That would be impressive. That would. Um, we will talk to Scott Darkman. Football stuff. Anthony Nelson to the Senior Bowl. I saw that. Good yes. for him. That's yeah. a, he needs to go there. That's a good spot for him. Uh, and then, of course, we'll uh, preview Penn State. And uh, Iowa tonight it tips off at 6 o'clock down the hall on WHO. Trent and I continue on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Join KXNO shows from your home or office any time with Alexa. Just say Alexa. Play 1460 KXNO on iHeartRadio. Polar Plunge. It's 24 hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. Hi, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic Momentarily. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. It's Miller and Condon, Iowa State's just announced they will not hold their spring football game this year. No spring football game uh, at Jack Trice Stadium. Well, more on that coming up. Let's uh, talk right now. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. They're still very busy recapping football, looking ahead to football. I saw your depth chart, uh, your first go-round at the depth chart, Doc. Uh, how are you? Good to, good to have you on again. 
Hey, doing good. How are you guys? Doing pretty well. We'll get into Penn State and Iowa uh, in just a second. I know Dane Brugler, a uh, colleague of yours who is the draft expert, they made a great hire when they brought him over. This kid works unbelievably hard uh, and is really knowledgeable what he does. He has no offense going uh, going after TJ Hawkinson. Kind of a surprise, Doc. Well, it is from the standpoint that Noah Fan is is the, one of the best athletes we've seen at that position group. But you know, T.J. Hawkinson is just so well put together. He's good in every area. I mean, he's a perfect tight end prospect because he could be an inline blocker and be as good as anybody doing that. He could be a uh, you know he's sure handed receiver. Uh, he's tough. He's big enough. I mean, he's ten pounds weighs ten pounds more than Noah Fan. So in some ways, to me, I think it's not as much of a you know, who's better is more it is, you know, what do you need? Do you need somebody who can stretch the field a little bit more? Or do you want, you know, a, a tough guy type blocker? Because I, I think both of them are, are equally capable. And I think it, it's really a coin flip as to who goes ahead of who. But I thought it was interesting that Dane Brugler had uh, DJ at 19 and Noah at 24. Big question, certainly for Hawkeye fans is who is going to replace those talented tight ends. You had a good breakdown with your offensive predictions on the depth chart. Give us a rundown of the tight end position, what you expect to see next season. Yeah, I think you'll start off by, you know, I mean, Nate Weeding has been there. He's been the third tight end for, a few, you know, a couple of years here. And, uh, you know, probably a better blocker than both of them even were, even better than Hawkinson a little bit. Uh, you know, not quite as accomplished as a receiver, but then nobody else is either. So uh, I think he'll get quite a few snaps. He might even be the center, but you know, two prospects that I've been intrigued about for a long time are Sean Byer and Drew Cook. And Sean Byer is a tremendous athlete. He, he was, uh, you know, from Cedar Rapids Kennedy, um, you know, Nebraska came in, got involved, then he committed to Iowa, uh, you know, really tall, kind of reminds me of Scott Chandler in some ways, athletic. Um, I think he could, you know, he got hurt this, this uh, year in a, in a non-contact drill. So, He's not going to, you know, he wasn't able to compete in the fall um, in, or bowl prep, but I think he's got a chance to be a, a really good, talented tight end. And then the other one is Drew Cook. And, you know, his father, we all know, Marv Cook, was an All-American at Iowa, an All-Pro with the New England Patriots, you know, switched over from, you know, from quarterback. And he's all of 6'5", 250, pretty big build. I think both of them, now that they have the opportunity, you know, have a chance to shine in that role. You know, I mean, It'd be unfair to compare them with Fant or Hawkinson because they were just so good. But I think in their own right, they've got the talent to be pretty good themselves. And then, you know, one guy I kind of threw out as a wild card that I wouldn't mind seeing over there would be uh, Christian Welch. I think he could be a really good tight end for Iowa if they moved him from defense. Now, I don't know that that's going to be the case, but I think, uh, you know, it certainly would be worth investigating, especially if Sean Beyer... Uh, isn't healthy enough to go and, and compete in the spring and, and possibly in training camp. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic is our guest. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 Kicks. No, Doc, I'm not sure I've ever said this before, um, but one of the really the battles I'm looking forward to is, I don't know, as much as anything on offense is who's going to back up Nate Stanley because it's mm. a pretty good list of guys. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, spotlighting the backup quarterback of all things on January the 16th. But Are I you think sure you're gonna... not a closet Hawkeye fan? Yeah, right. I think it's going to be a hell of a fight, Doc. Yeah, I think this is going to be kind of uh, jostling for position because, they, you know, the real battle starts a year from now. Sure. I think you, you look at uh, – 
you know, Peyton Manziel is one type of quarterback. You know, he's, he's very he got great movement. He could do a lot of different things. Um, you know, and a pretty good arm, and he's also, uh, you know, got kind of a swagger to him that I think is natural and organic. And then you look at Spencer Petrus, who's built a lot like Stanley, big and physical, and maybe he has an even stronger arm if that's possible. And then, uh, you know, Alex Padilla is, is kind of an interesting guy to look at. Um, you know, I watched a lot of his tape, you know, up in uh, the Denver area at Cherry Creek High School, and, you know, he's, he's a little bit shorter. He's 6'1", but, hey, this isn't the pros. And he just has this great command about him. He's very accurate, moves well, not necessarily a running quarterback, but can run. I think he's got a chance, you know, a full year into the competition to possibly, uh, you know, to really compete because I think that's what the, the what it's all going to be about. Now, I don't think in the spring they'll make any major changes. I'm sure Peyton Manziel and, and uh, you know, Spencer Petrus will kind of be 2A and 2B, and then in the fall, you know, they'll probably separate them a little bit. But uh, once they get to turn the page next January, it's going to be on. And it'll be uh, that'll be really entertaining to see. Well, it looks like the defensive line obviously took a hit. Two defensive tackles graduating at Sam Brinks and Matt Nelson. Anthony Nelson off early to the NFL. Some guys transferring. Yeah, wasn't there a backup that just transferred this week? Brandon Simon, he yes. decided to depart. And then you have the ongoing saga of Davion Nixon. There's been nothing official there. Uh, There was a report yesterday, I think from 24-7, that he was listed on the transfer portal. What's going on? And a loss of Nixon, who many people anticipate could be a starter at defensive tackle next year, that seems like that could be an impact. Yeah, I think it it could be a major impact because he does have a lot of talent. There is really no doubt about that. And, you know, I mean, specific to the situation, I mean, I don't have – specific details i don't necessarily want to divulge the ones that i do because it's kind of hearsay mm-hmm. uh but you know i mean it's well known that he has a practice with the team for you know the better part of the the back half of the season and um you know and then there's an you know an on-campus investigation involving him and so uh what happens uh, you know from there I, I you know the transfer portal you know teams you know players can take their names out anytime and i'm not saying that this is the case here at all but you know if he is unable to compete for Iowa I mean that's where he needs to go to make sure people know that he's available and if if he's able to compete for Iowa uh, then he can uh, you know then he'll be able to uh, uh, you know withdraw his name and and be held on scholarship you know the one thing is about the transfer portal is once you put your name on there you have an option you know the school can cancel your scholarship or at least you know Mm. upcoming you know, I'm sure most of them will still have them for the spring, but you know, so that's why uh, you know you got to be careful with that. In some cases, I'm sure it's a situation where you want to, um, you know, investigate the best options for yourself. You know, I'm sure Garrett Jansen and Brandon Simon, who are two backups, who are probably more like third teamers, you know, and have been throughout their career. This is their opportunity to to get a look somewhere else. Uh, but you know, the Davion Nixon situation is not resolved. And, uh, you know, once, you know, hopefully we do get some resolution on that situation fairly soon. Uh, Scott Dockman is our guest. Sorry, one more on football. Are we going to run out of time before we get to basketball? <laughs> we'll Doc, find what? time. We'll find time. Okay. Um, there's going to be a replacement. There's going to be a new punter, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I don't know that. I, I would say that they need to do something there. And, yeah. uh, whether that's Ryan Gersandi and just say it's your job, you know, it's almost like a 
you know, kind of like what they did with Rudock and Beathard. They almost need to do that at punter and say, mm. you know what, um, you, you can't have somebody who fit in, you know, a, a team that goes uh, more than 100, you know, in the nation and, and just say, okay, everything's fine. They're going to get better and work harder. I mean, you really got to, you got to get better. And that mm-hmm. sometimes that's replaced the person who's there. And I did see, uh, you know, in our story uh, on the transfer portal by, uh, Bruce Feldman, I think it's the TCU punter was available. Yeah. Uh, so as a graduate transfer, I, I would, I would say Iowa should do whatever it takes to get a better punter because this, you know, this style of play, you know, if you're bend but don't break, you know, that extra ten yards per punt Huge. really comes in handy. Let's get into it, Doc. Basketball tonight, Hawkeyes winners of three in a row. It's a road trip to Penn State, and though Penn State certainly has not been a great program throughout the years. Seems to always be a difficult road trip for the Hawkeyes. It is because th- there's just so many variables when you go there. I mean, number one, it's a cavernous arena. It's kind of like a blue version of the United Center, and uh, you know, there's nobody there. I mean, it's mm. usually just a you know handful of pe- you know four or five thousand at the most, sometimes less. And uh, you know, when we have a bad team there, and you're, the ball echoes off the rafters, and then the combination of that and Penn State is probably the most physical team in the league and i would say that they foul on each and every possession and that the past has kind of thrown iowa off i mean it's just that the physical toll has kind of kept up and and for whatever reason they just can't seem to to catch up to it so that's been a that's been a problem for iowa over the years i mean they got to be mentally tough as well as physically tough there and uh you know the, penn state's not a great team by any stretch uh, but Lamar Stevens does create some challenges. He's a pretty good forward. And Reeves a nice player. And, yeah. So I think that's uh, that that creates some issues. But hey, if Iowa could pull off another win, that's four in a row in the Big Ten. They're ranked, and I think all of the people that were ready to you know jump off the bridge you know a week and a half ago need to really just turn around and relax for a little bit because you know teams get blown out on the road to Big Ten. I mean, good teams do. So just. You know the Purdue game happened. Uh, they they had showed some issues that they had, but but let's see what they can do with you know in these types of games and at home before you really just wash your hands of the team. Uh, Fifteen seconds left, Doc. What do you expect Tyler Cook to do tonight? Play, not play? Maybe Illinois. Save him for next week. What do you think? Oh, that's a that's a tough question. I would probably say he tries to play, but I don't I don't know that he'll be able to play a lot. Good stuff, Scott Dockerman. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate it. From The Athletic, we uh, give The Athletic two enthusiastic thumbs up. It's uh, it's a terrific investment. Thank you, Doc. Thanks. Appreciate the time. Yeah, good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman, as we uh, talk a little, well, more football than we thought we were going to do, but there's lots of uh, things to talk about. Uh, we'll come back. We've got another hour to talk about stuff. I want to get into a little bit closer look at this Penn State team. All right. They're 0-6. Not your normal 0-6. Far from it. We'll do that on the other side. Miller and Condon here until noon uh, on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.